0: This is Women of Grace Live, discussing issues important to your life and faith, spiritual insight, practical wisdom.
1: Join us as we transform the world one woman at a time. Women of Grace, for such a time as this.
0: Now, here's your host... Johnette Williams. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women of Grace Live. I am Johnette Williams, very happy to be with you. I certainly am. What a grace and privilege it is to spend this time with you Monday through Friday as we discuss issues of importance to your life and your faith. We're always eager to hear from you here on Women of Grace Live. Toll-free number for you here in North America is 833-288. E-W-T-N. That's 833-288-3986. Pick up the phone, give us a call. We love to receive your questions and we love to receive your comments and your insights and I love to pray with you. So we invite you to call us here on Women of Grace Live. We love having that holy conversation with you. In addition to that, I'm going to sneeze maybe. (laughs) In addition to that, uh, I invite you to use uh, EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. We've got uh, a chat feature there. You can put your question or comment in that chat feature and we will collect it and get it up on the board. Michael McCall is doing our social media and Rich Jesse is producing and Matt Gabinski is on the phones. So that is the happy trio that accompanies me on this program and I am delighted by it. 833-288-EWTN. That's a 288 398 Eight That's the way that you can join us here. Uh, I want to let you know about some of the things that are going on. I like to take that opportunity at the beginning of the program. uh, And I like to invite you out to our website, womenofgrace.com, because all of the upcoming events uh, for the next uh, month or two are listed there for you. And we've got a very busy, busy uh, beginning of this new year. We certainly do. Uh, As you well know, Uh, We have the first session of our Women of Grace online foundational study. That is beginning this evening from 7 to 9 p.m. And tomorrow is the daytime session from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. This is a great way for you to become introduced to the Women of Grace uh, community and the Women of Grace foundational study. Lots of women like to do it online because they don't have access to it in their own area. There's not a facilitator there. Oh, we've got a solution for that though. And the solution is if there's not a facilitator in your area, why not consider becoming a facilitator? We would love to have you join us. It's a beautiful gift to help other women come into a deeper understanding and appreciation of who they are as the daughters of the Most High God. And you, as a facilitator, get to watch that blossoming. (laughs) You get to watch that happen. And in a certain way, you become an instrument that God uses to allow that to happen in the lives of those individuals. In addition to that, let me just tell you something. You will gain a deeper insight about who you are as a daughter of the Most High God. Many of our facilitators, uh, our regional coordinators, have led numbers of people through, hundreds of women through. We have one woman who has led over 700 women herself through this foundational study. That means that every time she's led it, she's participated in it. And the depth that uh, you can experience is inexhaustible because all of the mysteries of God are inexhaustible. And you are a mystery of God. The human person is is a mystery of God. And we get to explore those realities uh, with other beautiful women who are seeking to know more of God, his will for them, and who they are in him. So I want to encourage you If you have not taken the Women of Grace Foundational Study, consider doing so. Uh, Come to one of our online sessions. Now, these these sessions are starting now. Uh, You could probably still register. You'd have to wait uh, a couple of days for your books to arrive, but you could at least get started. So get out to our website, womenofgrace.com. You can register right online. If you're not able to do it at this moment, we'll have another online opportunity coming up. But why not, you know, why not really prayerfully consider taking the plunge and becoming a facilitator yourself? Uh, We're looking to expand throughout the United States. We have expanded throughout the United States, but there are some areas where we're not yet and we'd like to be there. Uh, We're expanding into other countries, other continents. Uh, We are poised uh, for Australia this year and also the Philippines. That's really quite amazing. We're in Central and South America. Uh, Most of the time uh, in in those Latin American countries by online offerings. But nonetheless, there are great things that are happening. We want you to be part of this. I do believe that God has a big plan, a big mission for women today. And uh, we want you to discover it. (laughs) and to begin to live it because the world needs you. God's giving you life at this moment in time because he wants for you to be part of his work at this moment in time. So true. Now I'm gonna be talking about a whole lot of these things uh, this Thursday evening at Faith and Wine in Lee County. Uh, They are holding a women's event, which they do every month there. It's really quite a fantastic idea. My topic is authentic femininity, chosen daughters of the most high God. So I'll be getting into, uh, you know, greater detail with what I'm talking uh, with you about today. I do believe they're sold out, however, so I will ask you uh, to pray for us there. But don't despair, I am going to be at Our Lady of Victory Catholic Church there in State College, Pennsylvania, uh, Friday evening, February the 16th. Uh, the evening is going to begin at 6.30 with Stations of the Cross. I will make a presentation at 7 p.m. Thriving as Catholics in a Post-Truth World that is open to every member of the parish, male and female. It will be followed by Confession and Adoration, Saturday, February 17th, at Our Lady a Victory Church, Catholic Church there in State College, Pennsylvania. From 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., there will be a Catholic Women's Conference. The day begins with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. We're going to feed you a light breakfast and lunch. That, that's also included. And then I'm going to give two presentations. The first presentation in the morning, Who is Woman?, our special call and mission in a challenging world. And then in the afternoon, a second talk, Executing the Mission, Steps for Success. Uh, We'll uh, get into the nitty gritty of how we can bring the gift of our authentic femininity to bear on the culture of our day and time. So that is going to be fascinating sandwiched in between January 25th and February the 16th is February the 3rd, and this is going to be a beautiful day for married couples. We are going to be at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church. Who is the we? Myself and my husband, Jack. We are going to be conducting a marriage retreat day Thriving in marriage in a post-truth culture, very important topic to consider. Everything is mitigating against marriage today. It's working to take your marriage out. We do not want to be a party to the machinations of the culture or the evil one uh, to uh, attempt to destroy our marital covenant. So we want you to come and join us there. It's going to be, uh, you know, it's always fun. Uh, it, it really is. These, these days are always fun. There's a lot of humor that goes on. Well, that's, it's not possible not to have a humorous day when Jack is around because he's very funny. So it's going to be a lovely day. Uh, we're going to talk about serious issues too, of course. Uh, uh, the, the issue being a very serious one in and of itself, but you're going to come away renewed, uh, invigorated, I think really on fire really wanting to make a difference through your marriage in the world today. This is your vocation. God raises up vocations for sanctification and purification. That's the interior you know reality of what a vocation is. And, but that applies to you and it applies to the culture and then of course, It is uh, obviously through that witness to the culture that God intends to show his beautiful love and mercy towards his people. So all of that being said, join us at St. John, the Evangelist Catholic Church in Boca Raton, Florida, February the 3rd. All of the information is on the website. Uh, It starts at 8 a.m. It ends at 530. We're going to feed you there, too. It's going to be a beautiful, wonderful time. Go to our website, womenofgrace.com. Plan to see us as we are out and about and make use of all of the good resources that are available for you right there at womenofgrace.com. Coming back after the break, want to hear from you. 833 288 EWTN.
2: Join in on the conversation. The Women of Grace phone lines are open one 288 ewtn one 288 3986
0: Well, welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Women of Grace Live. I'm Johnette Williams. So happy to be with you today. Always looking forward to hearing from you. 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. That's the way that you can join us live here. We like to have uh, an opportunity to pray with you as well. So, if you would like prayer for a specific intention, you're welcome to call. And we will pray with you on the air. We'll take your questions uh, on on any topic that you want to talk about today, within reason, of course. Uh, So do give us a call, 833-288-EWTN. Matthew Gabensky is on the phones today. Michael McCall will take your questions when you leave them for us at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Rich Jesse is producing and uh, yeah, we're all poised and ready for you. So let's light up those phone lines, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833 288 Two eight eight three nine eight six. Yeah. So I was talking with you about this um, marriage retreat that's coming up on February the third at Saint John the Evangelist Catholic Church in Boca Raton, Florida, beginning at eight a.m. and going until five thirty p.m. that day. It's going to be a lovely day. Uh, I, I just know that it's going to be really refreshing. The fact of the matter is, you know, when Jack and I do these days, we're actually on retreat with you. Uh, you know, God cannot be outdone in generosity. You know, we give Him a little bit; He gives us back so much in return. And so he is always about the business of giving us deeper insights in our lives. He's always about the business of helping us to understand things more clearly. Um, You know, one of the things that God wants to do is to remove distortions. You know, what is a distortion? A distortion is when it takes the truth and exaggerates it in some way right? Uh, and that exaggeration of the truth is often the way in which we live. Uh, we sometimes think that you know a situation that's going on is worse than it is. We magnify it one of the ways in which we can magnify it and think it's worse than it is, is by brooding, you know, by ruminating on it in a negative way. Uh, You know, oftentimes we have problems. We have problems in marriages. We have problems in relationships with, uh, you know, coworkers. We have problems in relationships with our children or our neighbors, right? Uh, And we can sit there and and allow it to become so magnified in our mind, we begin to respond to the magnification (laughs) that we've created as opposed to the problem as it is that does us absolutely no good. Uh, it, it, it 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 we 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 create a distortion that becomes a disorder and we live in the distortion which means we become disordered. Our response is not a response to what is actually going on. Our response is to what we've created. Another thing that we can do in that way, and then we're going to go to the phone lines. Uh, thank you so much for calling. Inviting you to call us to 833 ewtn That's eight three three two eight eight three nine eight six. Another thing that we can do by way of distortion is to assume the motivation of somebody. I mean, I think that we've all fallen victim to this. We've really got to guard against it, and some have got to guard against it even more than others because they're prone to this. It might have been part of the uh, family culture in which they grew up in, and so something will happen, and they'll immediately begin to attribute potential reasons for why that person acted in that way or did what it is that that person did. You know precisely what I'm talking about. And then you've got a storyline in your mind. It's fictitious. You know, you've dreamed it up. You, somebody you know, you see somebody and they seem to ignore you, right? And so you you begin, why did they ignore me? You know, I'll bet you I know why they ignored me. They ignored me because my neighbor to the left got into a, a, a bit of a of a tussle, with my husband the other day over the property line. And I know, I know that person has a big mouth and probably went across the street and told the neighbor that just ignored me all about that. And now we're being ostracized by our neighbors. And then this is all, this is all fictitious. The poor person that that didn't acknowledge your presence may very well have just plain not seen you. Could have been preoccupied with something going on in their mind. Have Have you ever been so preoccupied with something that, you know, your eyes are open, you know, you see things around you on some level, but you're not consciously aware of it because your mind is preoccupied? That can happen. And now the next thing that begins to occur in this sad scenario is that you begin to treat the neighbor to your left and the neighbor across the street you know, as if this story that you made up is true. (laughs) You're blaming them for it. And you're coming to a rash judgment. You're actually sinning. (laughs) And you're living in the lie of the sin as if it were the truth. And we cause ourselves so much angst. We get ourselves all worked up. Uh, You know, our blood pressure can go up. We can begin to develop an ulcer over this situation. Suddenly you're not talking to any of your neighbors and you think it's because they're not talking to you, but it's because you've created this scenario in your head and you're not talking to them. (laughs) It's lunacy. It's absolute lunacy. But we do these things. (laughs) We do these things. And so what should we do? Well, if somebody doesn't pay attention to us, let's assume the best let's assume that they didn't see us. And the next time you see your neighbor across the street out in his or her yard, just say, Hey, John. Hey, Mary. It's good to see you today. Hope all's going well. (laughs) See what their response is. Assume the best, right? Don't make up a storyline. Don't brood. Don't brood. Don't negatively ruminate on, you know, actual insults that you might experience or, you know, little things that happen, don't make them bigger than they are, you know, uh, you know, somebody rolls their eyes at you, you know, you, you say something and somebody rolls their eyes at you instead of allowing that, that, that rolled eye to, to begin to possess your heart and your soul. (laughs) Just, you know, say a little prayer for that person and smile, (laughs) you know it's so much easier to live that way you know that, that that's a you know what that is that, that you know that kind of behavior that i've just described the positive kind of behavior that kind of behavior is really the grease that 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 that, that lubricates you know the the, the 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 cogs in the wheel of society that makes society go along more smoothly right we used to call it civility. <laughs> I'm not sure that we know what that word means anymore as a culture. Individually, I'm, I'm guessing we do. But as a culture, we don't know that anymore. We are so riveted on the negative. We live in the land of negative, not in the land of positive, not in the light of grace and love and truth, <laughs> Anyway, just some things I've been thinking about. Um, Maybe you've been thinking about them too. Give us a call, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. We're going to go to Tim. Tim is a first-time caller. That just makes me giddy with joy. I love first-time callers. Why? Because I love first-time callers. But I also like to ring my bell. To welcome the first-time caller, because the bell kind of expresses my giddiness at your call. So Tim is listening to us via Holy Family Radio. How are you doing, Tim?
1: I'm doing very well. Very well. Thank you.
0: Good. So let's talk.
1: Okay. Um, I wanted to share my experience about um, in vitro fertilization. Okay. Because uh, there was a caller on one of these programs last week that talked about why doesn't the Catholic Church allow, or why are they opposed to in vitro fertilization? Mm-hmm. So, now, my story starts, I guess, about 23, three, four years ago. Okay. And uh, I'm I a cradle Catholic, and my wife at the time was uh, converted. Yeah. So we're both Catholic. And at the time, I did not know the church's position on IVF mm-hmm. and that they were, that they were opposed to it. Mm-hmm. So um, we had, she was my wife was not able to concede. So we went through the process and um, we were successful and had eight, nine, ten fertilized eggs. And we got planted half a dozen or so, and we were successful. We had my son was born. He's 20 years old now. Okay. And <clears throat> with the, let me back But when we first started the process with mm-hmm. the doctors, there were so many hoops that we had to jump through yes. to begin the process or the legal information. You know, yes. something in case of death, in case of divorce, in case of infirmity. You know, what are we going to do with these eggs. Well, yeah. we had decided that we were going to just keep them frozen and then let that be that Yes, for the time being. Well, our marriage did not survive. Mm. So it was a couple of years later, I guess, that I found out that my wife had had those eggs destroyed mm. and against my wishes. Now, while it was not the best-case scenario... I would have preferred, and it was my position all along, that those eggs should be offered for adoption, so at least those embryos would have the opportunity for life, which to me was better than the certainty of death. So, like I said, whether however it was done, you know, those those fertilized eggs were destroyed and against my wishes. Yeah. So. But I you know, I have a twenty year old son now and um, I struggled with it once I found after the divorce and once I found out the church's position. physician, you know, I even went to confession, you know, it's like bookpoting, you know, here's what you know, I didn't know. It's like, Well, you know, God drives you know, straight lines through, through crooked through straight paths through crooked lines or something to that effect. It's like you know, you, you can't be Feel guilty about having a son, you know, that even though he was conceived through IVF, you know, don't feel badly about your son because he was conceived unnaturally.
0: So, Tim, you know, um, your story is a textbook case for the complications that arise bioethically. When we use these artificial means um, to procure something that we want. And it is understandable, I think, the heartache that couples go through when they desperately want to be parents um, and they're unable to conceive a child. And they will resort to lots of measures to try to make that happen. It's rare. Uh, I'm afraid that a couple who uh, is so wanting a child necessarily seeks the advice and counsel of the church on these matters, because she is very clear on them, uh, and for good reason, which we can talk about in a moment, uh, and and just move forward as you and and your wife did in your situation, um, as far as moral culpability. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is for something to be a sin, we have to know it's a sin and deliberately commit it. So your culpability, I would assume, um, and I can only assume because I'm not God, but I can only assume that your culpability was greatly lessened, if not, um, you know, expunged altogether. But it was beautiful that you brought it to the sacrament because the sacrament uh, takes care of any question that there might be in, in regard to that. But in addition. Um, The sacrament is a healing sacrament and it begins to heal the wound that's caused by, by the action. Uh, Some of the bioethical questions that, that attend to this is one. uh, And we know this, the, the way in which the sperm is procured in order for the fertilization of these harvested eggs to take place. That is usually a sinful means in and of itself. So we have a problem there. In addition to that, the procreative act is meant to take place within the context of, uh, of, of, uh, you know, a loving marriage. Uh, and it is up to, uh, you know, the, God's providence as to whether or not a child is conceived. And we know that there can be physical ramifications that can cause that not to happen. And I'm quite certain, just based on your story, and I, I think that you mentioned you tried your best to conceive. So my guess is that you saw it licit means for conception first, you know, did your, your wife's hormone levels were checked and you observed her fertile cycles and all of these things that, that couples do, but to no end, uh, did it, it was conception. So, uh, you, you took it to this next step. Uh, so, you know, now what we're doing is we're, 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 we're manipulating, um, that which causes children to have life <clears throat> and it's supposed to take That conception is supposed to take place within the context of the marital act. So so there is that. Then there is the complication because uh, they do precisely what was done and they harvest all of these eggs and they fertilize these eggs and then what do you do with those eggs? Do you implant all of them? Well, if you implant them all, hoping that one of them will uh, begin to grow and mature uh, and will root, uh, if, if, you know, hoping that one will, what happens if more than one? Well, then there is selective abortion that goes on, uh, you know, lest you end up pregnant with eight children. Uh, so they will advise the couple to selectively, you know, choose which of these these uh, little babies that are it's growing in the womb should be brought to term. If that isn't done, and only some are are implanted, then what happens is what took place with you. They they freeze these little babies. They suspend the development and the growth of these little babies. Then the question is, well, what happens to those babies? You know, what do we do with these little baby uh, babies that 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 are like in suspended animation? Um, are they going to be implanted again? You know, that that in all of this is complicated with with. Um, you know, with riddled with ethical issues and ethical problems. It's all sinful. But then in this case, you know, those little embryos are destroyed. Uh, So basically they're, you know, it's it's another type of abortion, isn't it? It's another killing of a child and potential life. But if those, you know, embryos, if if somebody adopts them, then they're going to participate in the sin of having that little child that was, you know, artificially conceived artificially inserted into the woman's womb that's another problem now as for your son this is the generosity and the love and the mercy of God Tim (laughs) you know what does Mother Holy Church say about this well God honors God honors uh, the, 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 the the fact that this is a human person created in his image and likeness he honors that And the sin of the parent is not held against the child. And God respects this beautiful person and loves this beautiful person. And as a parent who has taken the steps that you've taken and deeply regrets the action, we never regret the child. We never regret the child and neither does God. So this God of ours is able to, uh, in his mercy and kindness, uh, see with a clarity that we cannot see, and he doesn't confuse the sin and the beautiful outcome of that sin. We're going to be right back, friends. Stay with us, Eight three three two eight eight 288 ewtn transforming the world one woman at a time. Let's return to Women of Grace with Johnette Williams. Well, welcome back, friends. You're listening to Women of Grace Live. I'm Johnette Williams. So very happy to be with you today. We certainly do enjoy hearing from you. Let me give you the numbers, 833-288. EWTN. It's toll-free for you right here in North America. That's 833-288-3986. Available for you too out there at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Simply use the chat feature and put your question or comment in. Michael McCall will dash on out there and retrieve it and get it up on the board and we'll address it. Also want to let you know that we're available for you outside of North America. Country code one 271 29 Eight five is the way that you can join us if you are outside of North America. Toll free for you in North America eight three three two eight eight EWTN. We have Tim with us from Kentucky, and he's sharing his story with us regarding IVF and um, the difficult uh, struggle that that's created for him. And Tim, I do want to come back to you here before we move on to Jennifer, uh, but I, I do want to, uh, you know, just say, you know. Uh, your son has life because God permitted for your son to have life he 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 respects the union uh, of of sperm and egg that creates another human person uh, oftentimes people will get very defensive uh, when they hear the church's teaching if they've had IVF and conceived a child that way and I'll say well should my child not have existed then no that is not the way that God looks at it you know um, is it is it you know, is this the, what God wants us to do? No, it isn't. Uh, but, you know, children are conceived outside of wedlock, uh, you know, sometimes by choice, uh, sometimes by force. Um, while the action in and of itself is sinful, that child is still willed by God to have life. So I, that, that's the story on your son and be grateful to God for him and, and the gift that he is to you,
1: I'm sure. Oh, Thank absolutely. you for your call. You're very welcome. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: You're welcome, Tim. Thanks for sharing. And thank you for sharing from you know the man's point of view, because oftentimes uh, we don't hear gentlemen speak to these issues, and they're important issues uh, because they affect the man as they affect uh, the woman. So thank you. You know, that's, that's a, a, I think, a very masculine thing to do. I thank you for it. Uh, we're going to go to Jennifer. Jennifer is a first-time caller, too, in Illinois. You can call us, too, first-timer or repeater. We're happy to have you. If you're a first-timer, though, we do want to know because we ring our bell just like we did for Tim and like we're doing for Jennifer right now. Jennifer is listening to us out there via WSFI. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Very well, thank you.
2: Um, I'm just calling to ask for a prayer request. I um, got into a little issue at my work. I've been an elementary teacher for 25 years, and I just need some prayers because I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm what you were talking about with distortion. I feel like I'm totally going there, and I need to have more faith and trust. But right now, I'm just in a you know not not in a great spot. So I'm just looking for some some prayer and encouragement. Thank wow, you.
0: Jennifer. Okay. Well, you know, well, this is beautiful. Um, this is beautiful because there is a lovely gift of the Holy Spirit operating in you right now. And that beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit that's operating you in you right now is discernment. Uh, and also, may I say, you know, knowledge, in this case, self-knowledge, realizing where you are and how it is that you might be um, exaggerating something that's happening there, right? Um, and that, I think, is, you know, obviously... Uh, The beginning of or continuation of a growth in wisdom, which is seeing the world through God's eyes. He wants you to see it the way that he sees it. Um, I'm going to just uh, share you know, two passages with you f- from sacred scripture that I think you can take into your time of prayer. But, of course, we're going to pray together, too. Uh, Romans eight twenty eight for God works all things to the good for those who are called according to his purposes. And Jeremiah 29, verse 11, for I know well the plans I have in mind for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare, not your woe. Plans for a future full of hope. Uh, So, uh, with that in mind, let's just pray. Well, Father God, we do come before you in this moment, and you know everything about the situation. (laughs) And Father God, you see it rightly, Uh, you see it clearly, you see it from your divine and holy perspective. Father God, we don't have your vision. We seek your vision. We ask for growth in your vision. That is what those gifts of the Holy Spirit are all about. And so your daughter, Jennifer, is seeing perhaps a tendency in this situation to uh, make it bigger than it is, uh, to distort it in some way. Father God, I just ask now that you would give her clarity. I am asking that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you would give your daughter clarity, uh, that, that you would give her, that, that you would permit her to see this issue through your eyes. Father God, I ask that uh, any kind of, of embroidery that's gone on in her mind regarding the situation, that our Blessed Mother's nimble fingers would just take that embroidered perspective apart stitch by stitch. I pray, Father God, that that the, the 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 lines of of truth regarding this situation um, would be enunciated uh, in her mind. That she would, uh, they would begin to, to to be emboldened. That she might see them clearly. That she might gain proper perspective in this. Father, you know, typically when these things happen at work, there are people that are involved. You know, uh, there are issues that are going on there. Um, who knows what they might be? It doesn't matter. Uh, Father, I would just ask that that uh, you would bring a right and proper order into the interaction there between the individuals involved in whatever is causing this particular uh, circumstance to uh, be uh, in, in in Jennifer's path right now. I ask Father God that that there would be that their their guardian angels would would uh, bring to them a desire uh, for peace and for harmony and and most especially for justice and right action. Um, Father, uh, you know what your plan is for Jennifer. I I don't know what it is. She might not be absolutely certain what it is. We oftentimes know what it is that we want, but sometimes, Father, you permit situations to occur because you want to move us to a new place. And I don't necessarily mean uh, location-wise. Sometimes it is that, but but you also want to move us to a new place in our relationship with you, uh, a building up of trust, a building up of faith, a building up of perseverance, a building up of hope. You oftentimes allow circumstances to arise just because you want to take us to uh, a, a deeper abiding with you in all things. I know that you're abiding with Jennifer in this issue, Lord. I know that you never abandon your children, and so you are right there. And I know, Lord, where you are, your grace is, your power is, your love is. And so I ask that in the midst of this situation, not only is Jennifer able to act through your power and to act with your love, but also, Father, that she would be able to experience interiorly your power and your love and your mercy for her. Father, I know that you're going to work this to the best good. For Jennifer in her relationship with you, for her growth and development and the virtues, uh, for her, her circumstance and her profession. And so it is with utter joy and confidence that we present this prayer to you in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the merits of his cross, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and with the maternal beatitude and intercession of our Blessed Lady. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. So Jennifer, I'm just going to share a little story really fast with you. There was a a certain period of time in my own personal life where I went through a very difficult moment, very, very painful. One of the most painful moments that I had experienced um, in my life to that point in time. It was probably the most painful experience that I had. And it didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out. Um, It worked out contrary to that. Uh, And and so it was painful to go through the the situation as it was unfolding, and it was equally painful when it didn't work out. But I can look back on that situation now uh, with the vantage point of years, and I can honestly say that had that situation not occurred, so much that has happened there for the good would never have happened. And so while I saw this as, you know, utter misery, which it was, and as I saw it as something that um, what was potentially an undoing, it really wasn't that at all. It was, really, it was really an orchestration that God permitted to happen because he had something new in mind for me that couldn't have happened had that not occurred. Um, so, you know, I don't know what you're facing here, or what the outcome is, but what I do know is that God's ways are perfect and he often uses individuals as instruments to affect the good that he wants to bring about. So you hold on to that. Okay. I appreciate
2: that. Yes. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. God bless you now. Thanks. Bye-bye. Difficult moments, friends. There's no question about it. Absolutely difficult moments. Chastity is out there on Facebook. I think it's chastity. Pray for my parents who do not believe. It's hard to be a child of God and your parents don't believe. I pray all the time. Never give up. They even say, I am a religious freak. It's hard because they're good parents. They're loving parents, but they just don't believe in God. How do I go about keeping my faith so I can keep praying for them? Well, Chastity, it is very, very difficult to live in a situation where there is this kind of controversy regarding the faith and regarding the the, the truth and the reality of God. Um, my guess is that God has permitted <laughs> for you to come to him out of his love for you. Uh, there's no question about that. He wants relationship with you, but I think that also you will be a light that may just be the light that needs to shine on your parents' hearts and at some point in time through your witness, your example, your love of them, your, your respect for them as your parents, your treatment of them with love, with affection, that may well be what turns the tide for them at some point in time? Maybe not in your time, you know, maybe not when you want it to happen, but at the point that is most important. I would say this to you uh, also a lesson that I learned um, if speaking about your faith is a source of contention within the family, better to practice your faith through love and the virtues, rather than talk about it with them. Because it will be your witness, not necessarily your words. They're not going to hear the words. The words are just going to add flame to the fire that's there already. It's going to be your witness, and your love, and your respect, and your courtesy that is going to be that beautiful water of the Holy Spirit that quenches the fire And begins to allow the fire of the Holy Spirit to grow within them. So give that a try and see how that works for you. And thank you. I'm sure you're not alone. So it was a good question. Robert out there in Dallas, Texas today. Oh boy, another first-time caller. The trifecta on first-time callers today. Love ringing that bell. Robert is listening to us via Guadalupe Radio Network. And we're happy to have him. Hi, or how are you doing, Robert?
2: Oh, just fine. How are you doing, ma'am?
0: Really well, thank you for asking.
2: Good. Cause, yeah, I called in yesterday, and uh, I, I, I think that uh, well, my I think you had asked about weekly mass and why people go to mass and why do you, and so I just wanted to call in and say why I go to mass.
0: Okay, good. Let's talk about it. I was answering a question for someone, uh, yeah, who who said he was going to a Protestant church because. Um, the music was so good, so that, my question was, well, well, why, 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 you know, why do you go to church? Yeah. What's the point? So go ahead, share yeah. with us.
2: Yeah, well, the well, the music at my my church is good too. So, uh, but for me personally, um, uh, it's basically a weekly renewal of my faith. You know, uh, as a matter of fact, it's for me personally, it's a daily renewal. That's why you know I read the Bible. You know, I started doing this years ago. You know, maybe five or six years ago where I, I read the Bible every day. You know, the um, I use the uh, U.S. Council of Catholic Bishops, the website. Yes. Uh, I use their website. You know, the daily readings are there. The U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops website. Are you familiar yes. with it?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I am very familiar with it. U- oh, okay, USCCB.org. So mm-hmm.
2: Right. So I use that, and I read the daily readings. And then, of course, so that's kind of like my daily... Refresher, you know, and, re, um, and so, I, and then of course the weekly mass, and so that's that's what I do personally, you know. I, so I think that's what you were asking us: why do people go? And that's why I go. And so well, um, I encourage everybody to use that website. It's, it, to me, it's, it's it's viewer friendly on my phone.
0: It, it is. And it is viewer friendly. I've, I've called it up on my phone a number of times. So you're absolutely right on that. And that is a beautiful thing. Uh, you know, not everybody can go to daily mass as much as they want to go to daily mass. But we, we do have the, the opportunity. Yeah, but but you do have the opportunity, and you're taking advantage of it of of uh, of reading, you know, the the uh, the epistle that is proclaimed, as well as the probably the responsorial psalm and the gospel. And you right. there are there are apps that you can download. I, I I I can't remember if if the entirety of the mass is on that website or not, but there are apps that you can download that have all of the prayers of the mass, so you can read all of the prayers of the mass. It's not quite the same as being at mass, of course, but none the you're entering into, uh, you know, the prayer of the people. And, and that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I love this idea of being renewed, uh, you know, because that carries with it the concept of being nourished. And obviously, we need to be nourished in our bodies. The food that we receive, the Eucharist at Mass, renews and feeds and nourishes our souls. So, you know, our souls. So we certainly want to take... Uh, you know, opportunity to go to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass uh, to receive our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And as I was saying to the fellow yesterday, I think his name was Greg. I, I, I might not be right on that, but I think it might have been. Um, you know, the idea is that we, uh, you know, our purpose in going to church is to worship God. It's all about God. It's not about us. If the music happens to be good and it helps to lead us into, uh, you know, a better worship of Him or an openness of heart, a receptivity to Him, that's all well and good. Uh, you know, if 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 we have a, a priest that is a marvelous preacher. You know, and just knocks it out of the park with his homily. Uh, that's that is wonderful. That is well and good, and we we applaud that. And it just enriches uh, the experience to some extent. But we're we're not yeah. going for those reasons. You know, we're going to worship God. So it's about Him. It's not about us.
2: Well, I, I, to me, it's it's about Him. But it's uh, I mean, it's, it's it's about my relationship with Him. Sure.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: So. Yeah. But you bring up an interesting point about the priest and knocking it out of the park on Sundays, mm-hmm. and you know, to me, I always look at the Catholic, our Catholic Church as you know seventy five percent. You know, it's like you know, do you look at something half empty or half full. I look at it seventy five percent full. I look at the, the positive side. I think That's our right. faith, our our church is growing and growing and growing. Uh, you know, I don't all the people that talk about you know the you know the the, the numbers that are down. I don't pay attention to all those negative things. It, you know, I look at all the positive that's going on within the church, and so um, you know, you can look at the negative if you want, if you want to be that type of individual. But I'm not, and I try to stress all the positive things that are going on in the growth of the church, not so much the uh, the negative, because nothing's a hundred percent.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, I, you know, I think I think that you're absolutely right. We, and you know, if if we if we maintain that attitude. Um, of hope and that attitude of joy and we carry that with us into our relationships with other people uh, that's a witness for the church that's a witness yeah. for our faith, well, i
2: don't i know? don't look at it as an attitude of hope to me hope is 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 passive you know it you know i, I look at it more as active um and hope is good don't get me wrong but to me the, the word hope is a passive word and i try to be active in all i do not just not just, you know in my work in my Mm Or, you know, know, whatever I do on the outside, you know, but also in my faith is to be active. And that's where the faith, is. you know, faith to me is is an active word and hope. I I try not to use the word hope so much because it's more of a passive word. Am I right or wrong?
0: Well, you know, it just depends on how you look at hope. Um, And I have a little acronym for hope, so I'll share it with you. You know, when when we're in situations where there are struggles and there's challenges, you know, hope is that virtue that keeps us in the game and moving forward. So my little acronym is how how do you live hope? Uh, You live hope, the H, hold on to the truths of the faith. The O, own the challenge. The P, persevere in prayer and patience, and the E, expect God to intervene. So those are all actions, and and I think you know, hope is a virtue, and and uh, you know, obviously we receive it at the moment of baptism, but it does have to be acted upon if it's going to grow. So there's an investment, right. there's an interior investment to have hope in God, and that's 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 movement, that's active. So um, you know, rather than like hoping some kind of a you know shot in the arm from heaven. You know, hope is something that we we choose to to operate in. That's that's kind of the way I. Mean, I look it's an at
2: important it. it's an important word in our faith, obviously. But it's to me, I I kind of put it at it's the lower number. Not you know, to me, faith is the number one. You know? Yeah. Matter, oh, matter of fact, even fear in the Lord. You know, because fear to me is greater than love. You know, so um, it's fear and faith. You know, and then hope a little bit further down. But they're all important words. Don't get me wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, theo- the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and love, those are the three that we receive at baptism. They're infused, you know, meaning that they, they they're planted in us by God himself as we are baptized. But they're called theological for a reason, and the theo there is God. So it's they're they're the very they're, they're the very virtues of God, and then all of the other virtues find their way. Of course they do, uh, but in a certain sense that they, they, they're you know you, you, they're they're subject to those virtues. They kind of you know I'm thinking of like a conjugate you know when you conjugate a verb <laughs> you know you conjugate a virtue gotcha. you're gonna yeah. find these other yeah. virtues are you, there.
2: Are, yeah. are you you're in Mississippi right? No, I'm in
0: at? no I'm in Birmingham, Alabama.
2: Alabama. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, Alabama. That's okay, so, okay yeah. yeah. Well, I just yeah, I forgot. I thought it was Mississippi. So that's but quite like all right. But like I said, I look at <laughs> I look at our glass, you know, more than much more than half full. And so here, at least I think in Dallas and Fort Worth, you know, I don't listen to all the negative noise that's going on, you know, and uh everything, you know, and I just look to the positive. That's
0: right. No matter right. what
2: you do. Whether it works that's right. in, or or faith. Okay. Thank you for your I time. like it, I Robert. You
0: <laughs> well, right, thank you care. so Bye-bye. much. I really enjoyed talking with you. God bless you. Yeah, you know, it's, again, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? We, we started our conversation today talking about distortion, right? Um, uh, you know, false narratives that, that we invent. And and we ended today talking about the truth <laughs> and living that truth. So it's very beautiful, right? And, and And how did Robert talk about that? It was like, you know the glass is always half full right we're always looking for the good if we do that not only are we going to be happier individuals we're going to make other people happy too and not only that we're going to be living in the truth and that's the only way to live Well, it's been great being with you today. Looking forward to always being with you Monday through Friday right here on Women of Grace Live, where we do love having that holy conversation. Do hope that you will join us Monday through Friday and get out to our website, womenofgrace.com. See where we're going to be. See the good resources we've got available for you. God bless you now. Bye-bye.